This week, Alex and I check out the rumors from the lavender fields about the evil dead, tag along to the new midsummer retreat, and then have a look in the mirror that blurs reality and fiction. I'll let you know what to watch this weekend, and then we'll stitch ourselves together, grind up Palmer, and feast on his remains with a human centipede first sequence. So stay away from secluded homes, remember to never go ass to mouth, and learn to leave your friends behind with another episode of Terror Incognito. Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. <laughs> Hey, Alex. Hey, Palmer. I'm not Palmer. (laughs) Palmer is dead. Oh, that's right. Where are you, Palmer? I don't know, but we'll remember him. Will he remember us? I doubt it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, fuck him. We don't need him. No, man. We got this on our own. We've done this before without him. That's right. Yeah. But I am taking out uh, his little wine corner as my own this week. That's right. Yeah. Um, But I'm not doing it the Palmer way, which you've uh, already reminded me of. That's right, he has a glass. I do. And it's small. I'm trying to be fancy. I mean, I can fill the glass up, make it a larger glass, (laughs) all the way to the top. Oh, Sarah. Sarah McLachlan. Don't worry for any of our listeners, we're not going to start talking about, like, how you can, you know, help puppies for 10 cents a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. This isn't the right song for that anyway. It's $20 a month, actually. Is that what it is? Yeah. All right. Oh, Sarah, sing it to us. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, fuck you, Palmer. How are you doing, Alex? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm exhausted. I was up till like 2.30 last night for work. Oh, no. Yeah, but... You're working too damn hard. I am. I am. Not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. Tonight's gonna, wine time. Yeah, it's wine time, and we're here to disappoint our listeners and mostly Palmer. Okay, perfect. Mostly because they're going to be like, why is this episode so good? Palmer's not here. Yeah. But everyone thinks he's wrong. Anytime I was gonna say people just like agree that. with us anyway. So. Yeah, we're we're the real heroes. Shout of out this podcast. to the fans. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so enough of this sadness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've done this before, but uh, enough of this sadness. Why don't we uh, start talking about the news? You want to talk about the news? I would love to talk about the news. Let's talk about the news. But first, maybe we should talk about the wine. Oh yeah, this shit is delicious. Wine time. And instead of Palmer drinks wine, it's Sam drinks wine. Sam does drink wine. So what have we got this week? So it's uh, 19 Crimes, which I'm a big fan of. I'm pretty sure I've had this one before, but I've had a half a dozen other different wines. Uh, But it's 19 Crimes, 2018 Cab Sav. All right. So you've cracked open the bottle. You have a glass. Do you have any initial reactions about the uh, the mouthfeel or perhaps the fruits? Well, it's very tasty. It's very smooth. Okay. It doesn't taste anything like the way the guy in the bottle looks. No, he looks so, like he's having a rough time. Yeah, also, so does he have a bib on? It looks looks like it. Yeah, I think he's got a bib. Okay. Maybe that way he doesn't spill any wine on his fancy clothes. You're right. Um, Flavor-wise, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to go with blackberries. That seems to be like a general thing. Okay. Obviously, grapes. Grapes are always a part of wine. Yep, yep. Grape, grapes. Are you picking up anything else? There is something tart in there, um, but it doesn't taste like cherries. I don't know what it is. What you got? What, right. what am I drinking? 
So these are the uh, the winemaker's notes. Bright red to crimson hues, this wine confidently takes charge with intense lifted vanilla aromatics balanced with red currants. That's probably what it is. Violet. Violet. And mulberry fruit. Firm and full on the palate with a subtle sweetness giving a rich mouthfeel, the vanilla aromatics carry through on the palate and complement subtle flavors of red currants, dark cherries, and chocolate. Oh, so I should have just stuck with cherries. Yeah, you were right when you said cherries. All right. I don't know what a mulberry is. I don't know what a mulberry There's a bush, right? All yeah. around the mulberry bush. That's, that's the only mulberry I know of. Uh, something, oh, something about a weasel. Weasels are known to frequent mulberry bushes. See? See, and you mon- learn things. And monkeys as well. You learn things when you listen to us. <laughs> you do. I learn things when I listen to us. <laughs> I learn things when I, they come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, fuck the mulberry bushes. Fuck Palmer one more time, and let's hop into the horror headlines. All right. So uh, first things up this week is uh, especially for you. I know. I know your love of gremlins. Can we believe it's... They're already talking about Christmas stuff. I know. It's May. It's May. Biggest uh, holiday creep I've ever seen. But this time it's worth it. Uh, So NECA's recreating the iconic Christmas carol scene from Gremlins with an action figure two-pack loaded with accessories. Yep. Seven scale figures or seven inch scale figures rather. Um, and they come with all sorts of shit, like uh, sheet music, candy, gingerbread cookies. Earmuffs. And a, earmuffs and a cute little scarf because they dress for winter. They're so adorable. Uh, so they're coming out in September of this year. Uh, so plenty of time to get your orders in and get your house decorated right. How much do you think these are going to cost? Ooh, uh, for the two-pack, I'm yeah. going to go with... Uh, I was going to say 60, 70. 60 is a good number. 60. I was going to say 50 or 60. yeah. They're very detailed. Yeah. They would make awesome, awesome Christmas decorations. With 25 points of articulation, including ears and jaws. See, I don't understand why it needs all that articulation. Are people actually like playing with these? See, I imagine that if you buy stuff like this, you're never going to take it out of the box. I mean, I would take it out of the box, but I'm not, I'm not moving its mouth. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you would when you first set it up, get it like the exact pose that you want. Yes, that's true. And then you leave it alone. And then you leave it alone. Yeah. Maybe every... Or change it every Christmas. Christmas you change it. Yeah. And you know, it's it's not even necessarily Christmas themed if you don't celebrate Christmas. It's just winter themed. Yeah. So they just have scarves and hats and they are singing songs, but it does not necessarily, they don't have Santa hats on or anything like that. So yeah. if you're, you know, Jewish or you celebrate Kwanzaa or something like that, these could be for you as well. I might pick, a, pick up a set of these. Shit. I think you should. Yeah. That way, my uh, my Christmas decorations at home will be more than just a Nicolas, Nicolas Cage, Cage face or Bruce Willis in the little uh, <laughs> oh in air the vent. in the air vent. Yeah, my husband made that. It's adorable. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, next up, we got a, a little message from Bruce Campbell regarding the Evil Dead. So last time we talked about this, he's fucked off to his lavender fields to smoke weed and hang out. Yep. Um, what he said in according or according to an interview he did with Inquisitor is that uh, fans are going to see different versions of the Evil Dead, and they're going to be seeing a lot more of it, too. And we're not done with the Evil Dead saga. There are more stories to tell. I wonder, and like, on, on what authority does he have to talk about this, though? Like, he's not referencing the Fede Alvarez movie. No, he's not. But he did. Uh, somebody did ask him if uh, Fede Alvarez was going to come back 
uh, and he said that Fed's a big uh, Hollywood director now. He's he's too fancy, so we're is not sure. Is he a sure. big Hollywood director now? Um, Did he do? Um, yeah, I'm sure he is. I mean, compared to when his Evil Dead came out, he's done a bunch of stuff since. Then. Yeah, he has. You're right. Um, but Bruce is not going to get uh, in front of the camera again. Um, but I assume, as, as tied to to the franchise as he is, I'm guessing that he would know kind of the inner workings of it. I guess. Maybe. 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 I mean, that's unfortunate. But I just kind of want to hang out with him in the lavender fields. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Maybe. Maybe that's where the next Evil Dead's going to take place. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> At this point, though, I really am only interested in seeing a Fede Alvarez yeah. second Evil Dead. I'm still waiting. I've been waiting since I walked out of the theater. It's so, so good. It was so, it was so fucking good. <laughs> when she sliced her tongue open like that. Uh, oh, just, my God. Just, just give it to us. I know. He's never going to. No. We not. were going to die. It, what, what, what was his thing during the world? If, if Uruguay, Uruguay won, yeah. he would do it. <laughs> they did not win. Nope. I feel like we're going to be waiting to see this and the pilot episode for The Tremors with Kevin Bacon <laughs> for the rest of our my, lives. I will go to my fucking grave <laughs> waiting to see these things. Yep. Um, well, cool. Speaking of people who haven't done something in a while that everybody's kind of been wondering about, uh, John Carpenter mm. said uh, at Cannes to, uh, during an interview with Collider that... Uh, he kind of wants to get back into horror. That's right. Or do a a little advent or a big adventure film. So he said a little horror film would be great or a big adventure film. I feel like they can I have a hard combined. I have a hard time seeing John Carpenter doing What's a big adventure film? I I like Lord of the Rings. Uh okay. He, it's I for me in my idea of, of a John Carpenter movie, I feel like that has too many locations, too much like I feel like he's more, I don't know. I feel like that might be too much. Yeah. I feel like he, he keeps it simple and that, I don't know. I have a hard time picturing his adventure movie. Yeah. Yeah. But a little horror film. Uh, he also said he'd be open to doing a TV series. That would so, be awesome. Uh, Amazon, open up your fucking wallets. Hulu, AKA now Disney, apparently. Uh, yeah. Fuck off with that noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so mad. I, I got the email last week or two weeks ago that Netflix upping their prices Again? Again. Like, just again? Well, no. It's like, like twelve ninety nine now, right? Or, yeah, it's like... Or it's like 14? I think it went up to like 14 and $17 or something. Okay. Um, honestly, like, I've, I've been watching more stuff on Amazon and Hulu. Lately. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if Netflix has kind of reached its peak and is on the way down. Well, especially now that they're talking about um, The Office might not be on there much longer... Parks and Rec. Yeah. A few of the shows that I feel like people watch religiously. Yeah. All the stuff that like me and my wife watch once or twice a year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I'll just go buy the Office DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, shit, it's, uh, it's always on TV. It is always. I just hate, I don't like, I can't stand commercials now. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, but I would love to see a John Carpenter show. I I'd like, like to see a John Carpenter or anything. I feel like there's a, definitely a place for him on Hulu or Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think I, th- I think you could do either. And I think you could go either movie or show on either one of those yeah. uh, platforms. Um, but he said that, uh, you know, he has to have a life, which is why he stopped making movies for a while because he got burned out. Uh, and circumstances would have to be correct to do it again. Um, and the one circumstance that he seemed to mention was... Uh, how all these new horror movies get these super low budgets, mm-hmm. um, but they're big budget ideas. Right. Uh, and he seems to think that's a constraining issue. 
Well, yeah. Um, but it's John Carpenter. I, I was going like to say, if he said, I want 20 million, they'll give him 20 million. Well, and he's also, I feel like if, if anyone can work within a budget and a small budget, I feel like it should be John Carpenter. He's like literally known for that. Yeah. At least he was. I'm not, I don't know the budgets of some of his more recent dish. Yeah. He films. was known for, he just says he doesn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. He, I mean, I get that. He just that. wants to have a blank check. Yeah. Well, he, he's about, he's about them dollars. Yeah. I don't Just blame him. Give the man some money. Give the man some fucking money. Uh, another person talking about <laughs> shit that they've done recently <laughs> and are open to doing in the future. Bill Murray. Yep. After so long being anti bringing back the band for Ghostbusters, he uh, I didn't actually know this because I didn't watch the the remake of Ghostbusters, but he had a cameo in that he one. He did. He did. Uh, did not know that. Uh, he said that he'd be open to showing up in Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters, which comes out next year. Yeah. Uh, horror movie or not, doesn't matter. Bill Murray, we're going to talk about him. I was going to say, anything that he does, we will talk about. Yeah, Because uh, Bill Murray's dope. But he said, uh, I did the remake and I would do the next one. This franchise paid for my son's college. Uh, <laughs> we made this thing. We're the caretakers of it. It's a great thing and it was a really fun movie to make. It's a real movie with some really funny stuff in it. Um, I'd say that's fair. You know, it, it kind of is the brainchild of that whole group. Yeah. And I feel like no matter how many remakes or updates or whatever it gets... Uh, it's always going to go back to them. And there's always a place for them in yeah. there. I mean. That, and who doesn't like Bill Murray? I don't know. Nobody. I just love that he says that it paid for his son's college. Yeah, like he didn't have enough money in the bank for his kid's college fund <laughs> like that's before the, that. That's the only thing he's ever done in that one movie paid for his kid's college. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Stephen King's got a new book coming out that got announced uh, at the annual world play festival in minneapolis ah uh, yes yes some some <laughs> big some festival book, some book festival um <laughs> i've been reading more lately i actually when uh when palmer and i were out of town last weekend at the studio uh we wound up going to a books a million which is still a thing really yeah um i wow. didn't realize that but they've like rebranded so now it's bam exclamation point oh no really yeah. it's just um, called bam yeah <laughs> I mean, but, it's still known as Books a Million, but it's the but like the sign outside just says "Bam." Is there an explanation? Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh, that's sad. Um, I actually drove past it because I was looking for Books a Million, <gasps> not realizing. They're like, they "Hey, you, this yeah. look." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I picked up. Uh, I I looked at a bunch of the stuff they had there, and they had their their horror section was only like two racks. Yeah. And one whole rack was all Stephen King. Yeah, <laughs> that course. sounds about right. Uh, so I picked up some other stuff. Uh, some I uh, picked up a bunch of graphic novels, some of which we've talked about before. Um, but Stephen King's got a new one uh, that he's working on called If It Bleeds, which <laughs> comes out next year, starring one of the characters from his last book, uh, The Outsider, Holly Gibney. I don't like the title of that book, If It Bleeds. That sounds super rapey. Right? <laughs> if It Bleeds. If It Bleeds. Uh, then you can have sex with it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's like a saying. Is it? What? I don't know. I mean, it is now. It is now. <laughs> I feel uh, like that's from a movie or something. Um, who knows? I mean, the, the book's long enough away that after going through the editor and the publisher and everything, the title's subject to change. I think that they should change that one. Yeah. Not, not his best. No. Um, but it's another Stephen King book. Uh, there's also a TV show, Mr. Mercedes, I think. Or yes. The, the series of books. Um, and also a show, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they turned it into a show. Uh, that People I, seem to have very strong opinions about this. Yeah, I didn't know about it. I had no idea about this uh, so I'm gonna at to, all. I'm going to have to track that one down. Yeah. Uh, if you've watched it, let us know how it is. Yes, please do. Because uh, you watched Castle Rock. Yes. Uh, and you said that was really good. Was so I, good. I started it and then forgot about it. Okay. Um uh, but it's on my list of things to go back to. I feel like point. it's a really good show to watch during the winter time for some reason. <laughs> 
I could see it. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> this is just purely anecdotal, but I feel like it's a good <laughs> show to watch it during the winter. All right. Well, I'll save it for my week off for Christmas. Okay, cool. cool. I'll watch. I'll, I'll catch up on all of my stuff then. Um, but next up, we're coming back to, uh, we got some new trailers to look at, uh, and some yes. new clips. So Brightburn, a movie that I've been super high on that comes out next week, uh, released a f- short 50 second clip, uh, that gives you a little bit more insight and backstory into what's going on. It opens with an overturned lawnmower and the, I guess, hero, not hero, Brandon, the, the anti-hero, the anti-hero, the, the, the kid, the kid, the with kid, powers the kid from the who, other, yeah. from, from not earth. Uh, he begins to realize his power and slowly decides to jam his fist into a still spinning lawnmower blade. Yep. Because, um, you know, that's a good idea when you're unsure about what will happen. Yeah. People um, have done a lot of crazy things when they're not sure about the outcome. Yeah. Um, Ballsy. But it works. And uh, you see the lawnmower blade is all mangled to shit. Mm-hmm. And he pulls his hand out completely unscathed. Um, I would just like to point out that uh, upside down lawnmowers with the blade still spinning. This is exactly why safety features exist. I was going to say, I can't even imagine that a lawnmower would do that, but no, it does look like an older lawnmower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I not I don't know a lot about lawn mowing. I know enough that uh, you can have the lawnmower engine running, but unless you're holding down the like safety catch, the blade's not spinning. That's what they're there for. Oh. Um, so thanks, government, for keeping us from jamming our hands in lawnmowers. Fuck the government. They also have all those warnings. It's like, oh, if you're clearing out your lawnmower, please make sure the blades aren't spinning and wait for them to stop completely. <sighs> the fact that that has to be a warning for some people makes me sad. It would have to be a warning for this kid. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're right. Next up, Alex is uh, super duper excited about this. And yes. Midsummer. Mids- an- Midsommar. Midsommar. Say it like a Swede. Midsommar. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know what Swedish. I feel like really that sounded sound more like... Spanish than anything. Else. <laughs> Midsommar. Midsommar. <laughs> uh, new trailer for that one. Uh, so we get a little bit more insight and backstory into what's going on. Right. So, like, why are they going to this festival? Who are they going with? It's mad relationship problems. And it. So it seems like something happens to. The, the woman. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she has like a miscarriage or I'm getting like kind of like a pregnancy vibe going Something on. Something not great happened Something to her. Something bad happened. some tension. Yeah. Well, I feel like everything was kind of weird and then something bad happens and then they're, hit, the, they're forced to invite her. Yes. But I also find it interesting that his reaction is to go talk to all his bros because... I think that was before something bad happened. Yes. yes. I think it was also, but they're, they're having tension before, oh, yeah. before well, his that. friends also seem like real pieces of shit. Yeah. Those do not seem like the kind of guys I would want to get advice from about my relationship. No. Um, but they invite her along and, uh, they show up. And at that point we've already seen a lot of like the stills and early mm-hmm. peaks of it. Um, so everybody's dressed in white. It's kind of confusing cause everybody kind of looks the same. Um, yeah. Well, and then you realize that they're, they were brought there purposely yeah. by their one Swedish friend. Yeah. The one outstanding guy that's like, oh, we should, uh, <laughs> we should go to this thing that only happens once every 90 years yeah. in my homeland. Come. Let's come. 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 Come with me. It'll be fun. Friends. Yeah. And they're like, you look super mad guilty right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of cool shit going on in the- it though, uh, the end of the trailer is just like a bunch of cut scenes mm-hmm. blurred together real fast. There's like a bowling ball with some script written on it. There's a bear getting disemboweled yeah, in the ceremony. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's an old dude with a seriously broken leg. Yeah. It's like pointing in the wrong direction and yeah. super bloody. There's like a sort of 
deformed. I don't want to say deformed. That's kind of a fucked up. No, I, to I, describe I, someone's face. My but, note was elephant man's sister. Yes, she has a kind of a weird looking face. <laughs> it's kind of like what a dog eats a bee, and their, <laughs> and their face just blows up. Yes, um, that's kind of what happened to her. And then, of course, we got the obligatory. <laughs> so good. We had <laughs> with hereditary, and now we're gonna have. <laughs> Every good movie needs like a like a noise that yeah. you can do after the movie. Um, my takeaway from this was it, it it definitely feels very similar to the the outskirt cult stuff around hereditary yes where the old naked people yeah but like everybody kind of looks the same it's it's very confusing because there's so much shit going on all yes. at the same time um it already looks like this movie is going to take a couple of viewings to actually catch what's going on yeah they have like the weird family dynamics that's going on as well as like the weird cult stuff yeah um lots of tension lots of drama Kind of with someone, I feel like in the article, was it that they, yeah, it was kind of like a mix between Hostel and The Wicker Man, which I feel like is a very apt description of it. Even though I hate Brad Miskin, that's what he said. I'm going to be very disappointed now if that bear that's getting disemboweled wasn't previously punching women in the face. (laughs) (laughs) That is my only dream for this movie at this point. That's Um, cool. Zero out of five if that doesn't happen. Zero. 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 Um, Next up, Black Mirror announces a new season. Three episodes, though. Three episodes. Not six. Well, the last one was just um, Bandersnatch. It was just that one episode. Well, yeah. It takes like two and a half hours to watch the whole thing. And the original, the the first couple seasons of uh, Black Mirror when it was still on BBC, yeah. they were three episodes as well. Yeah. So it wasn't until it was made for Netflix did they start making six episodes. Yep. Um, it comes out June 5th. Uh, and the new trailer that comes with it, along with a whole bunch of stills, teased three all-new stories, one of which looks like a creepy robot, short mm-hmm. uh, in the vein of Blinky, and uh, anybody who knows the Child's Play stuff. Uh, there's another story that's about uh, fame and social media. Which and is, I, I feel like, a very fam- like not famous, but a recurring yeah, topic in Black uh, Mirror. Because they did that one in the season before Bandersnatch. Nosedive? The- yes. 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 Um, and then another one that looks to be about a dude going on a killing spree because he's fed up with people always staring at their phones. Here, here. Yeah. That shit, I don't care. I stare at my phone all the time. Um, Featuring Miley Cyrus. Not not that one. The second one about social media. Yeah, it's actually got a really interesting cast this year. Uh, Anthony Mackie's in some stuff. Miley Cyrus. Yaya mm-hmm. Abdul-Mateen is in it. Uh, Topher Grace makes an appearance. Uh, I call him Christopher Grace. Do you know that's his real name? I mean, I'd be surprised if somebody actually named their kid Topher. Doesn't it just seem kind of like douchey that he shortened it? Mm. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe there's a Christopher Grace that was already part of the uh, SAG when he um, came onto the scene. Maybe. And he's just like, oh, I'll just I go by like Topher. He would be the kind of guy to shorten his name to Topher. He does kind of look like someone who would name who would go shorten their name that way, though. I'm Topher. What about Chris? Eh, fuck Chris. Look, I'm Topher. <laughs> um. The trailer kind of blends everything together, though. Yeah. Um, so part of me wonders if this season's going to be serialized. I know that's not something they've done before. No. Um, Sometimes, like, you, you obviously see references and callbacks to previous episodes. Right. Um, but maybe this little short season's going to be serialized. Because I feel like they've done trailers for independent episodes before. They have. Um, but, but not, not them as a whole. And I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I... Did not feel great about this trailer. 
And I love Black Mirror. Yeah. This one is probably, I don't know. I'm not feeling it like I normally am. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I don't, I don't think I'm super excited about this one. I think part of it is because it's only three episodes. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is just, and maybe they're just not giving enough away, which is good. Yeah, um, no, that's great. I just, something about it seems off to me. Well, I, I, I feel like the, the social media and fame thing they've done before. Yes. Um, and the creepy robot stuff, I feel like they did with... Uh, Black... Uh, what was the one with the dogs? The robot dogs yeah. and shit? Yeah. I forget what it's called. Because it, it, it seems like at some point that the, the little robot who tells the girl that she looks really pretty mm-hmm. at some point takes an evil turn. Yes. Um, so it feels a little played out. Yeah. I uh, guess there's only so many sort of future technological dystopian yeah, ideas yeah. out there. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, it, it comes out real soon. It does. Uh, which is shocking that this is the first I've heard about it. Uh, and it comes out, what, two weeks, three weeks, three weeks. Yes. Um, so I know what I'm going to be doing that weekend. Um, and last up before we, uh, dive into all of our next stuff in our main event tonight, we're going to give you a little taste of the human centipede graphic novel (laughs) because Tom six has one idea, one idea only, and apparently still makes a lot of money. The graphic novel that literally nobody asked. Nobody asked for this. Um, although I did. See, and this was just a comment in the article. I have no idea if this is true or not, but it says that the um, graphic novel is going to talk about uh, sort of like the origin story of the dogs that get centipeded together, as well as what happens to Lindsay at the end of the movie. Okay. Yeah, that seems fair. So that would be kind of cool. Oh God, what do you think happens to her? Everybody's dead. We shall discuss. We will, we will get there. We will get there. But uh, that does it for the headlines. So now we're going to get into what you can watch this weekend with the Now Sling. All right. So this week, a couple of things, mostly out on a VOD, DVD, or Blu-ray. Uh, but kicking it off with Firstborn from Artsploitation Films comes out. Uh, it might have come out last week. I've seen mixed numbers uh, either last week on the 6th or this week on the 14th. Um, but it is a European thriller, horror flick, kind of revenge uh, issue. So Francis is a meek, middle-aged architect trapped in an unhappy marriage with his younger wife, Katrina. And after a party, the childless couple are robbed by a thuggish young motorcyclist. <laughs> a thuggish young motorcyclist. They're, they're, they're so rambunctious. Uh, disappointed by her husband's feeble reaction to the attacker, their relationship further deteriorates. The bespectacled Francis, his long-dormant masculinity now ignited, seeks and finally confronts the man an encounter which ends in the accidental death of the thief. The violent outcome seems to bring the two together and the wife soon becomes pregnant. But when a menacing blackmailer enters the picture, Francis must fight for his very manhood. A mesmerizing and unnerving tale. Hmm. So not in English. I did watch the trailer for this. The trailer actually looks pretty good. It uh, looks pretty dark, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. I, I, I haven't seen a whole lot uh, in reviews for it. Um, Which country did you say it was from? I want to say it's from Lithuania. Oh, okay, cool. Um, we'll see how that one turns out. Yeah, oh, Latvia. Latvia, one of those two. Is I that always, a, yeah? I always mix those two up. Next up on Blu-ray on the 14th from Troma Entertainment, mm. Industrial Animals. Jesus. <laughs> so in typical <laughs> Troma fashion, 
Two independent filmmakers hire a prostitute to explore the life of a sex worker. And when their social experiment becomes more intense, the director blurs the lines between creating art and living out his violent, repressed sexual fantasies. <laughs> Falling deep into a dark hole of depravity, the director's will is bent as the prostitute turns his own fantasies against him. And they will do anything they want, and so will she. Oh, my. Uh, this also comes with some special features, including an introduction from Lloyd Kaufman, uh, commentary, interviews, uh, and more on the making of the movie. The theatrical trailer... Uh, the theatrical trailer for Return to Newcomb High Volume 2 and the Troma Now theatrical trailer. Mm. Uh, next up, we got High Moon, previously known or occasionally also known as Howlers, uh, which I think is a better name anyway. Uh, comes out on the 14th on VOD from Archstone, Copper Kid Productions, and Gunslinger Films. Colt is a gunslinging werewolf slayer from the Old West who mysteriously rises from the grave only to find that the band of werewolves that brutally murdered his wife are still running rampant generations later. Aided by a beautiful widow, a skeptical town sheriff, and a corrupt mayor, Colt must face off with the bloodthirsty creatures once again and save a sleepy southern town from destruction. Okay. Uh, so this is a period piece. Is yeah. It? Okay. Yeah, this, this would fall into our uh, Westerns. wicked Westerns. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trailer for this looks fun. Uh, doesn't look great, but it looks like a lot of fun. Doesn't look great, but it looks fun. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. I mean, for... Western werewolf weird <laughs> movie. Whatever. Yeah, why not? Uh, next up, we got one that I am actually going to try to track down this weekend. Uh, Don't Look, coming out on VOD and DVD from Wild Eye, releasing on the 14th. It centers on five New York City millennials who escape the big city for a rustic Thanksgiving weekend in the country. But will they forget it? No. No. <laughs> no. They will never forget this trip. But as it happens in horror, something threatens to shatter their peaceful getaway and they are targeted for murder. Um, this synopsis doesn't really seem to do the trailer any justice because uh, the cabin they go to reminds me of my father-in-law's cabin when I first went to it with like hunting shit, but like old antique, like rusty fucking metal hunting yeah, shit yeah, yeah, and okay. traps and stuff all over the walls. So the cabin looks real creepy uh, and it appears that uh, one of the killers in this is running around in a giant fat baby mask. Okay. Um, it looks... Uh, very dark and uh, very violent. Uh, but the the premise from the director is that uh, you know no one's there to the women in the movie aren't going to rely on someone else to help themselves. They got to help themselves. Okay, I'm looking at the <clears throat> movie IMDb page, and the tagline says "Always listen to your parents." Does that make any sense to you? Not based on the trailer. Okay, I saw. that's why it looks weird, right? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, finally, who this, knows? yeah, who knows? Finally, this week we got Slaughterhouse Rules. We talked about this one before. Uh, the little British flick finally making its way over to the U.S. by way of VOD on the seventeenth. Uh, an illustrious British boarding school becomes a bloody battleground. God, that's a lot of bees. <laughs> uh, when a mysterious sinkhole opens at a nearby fracking site, unleashing unspeakable horror. <sighs> Fucking uh, fracking! For anybody who wants any more information on it, this might be all you need to know. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost do their first movie together in five years. Hey, hey. Although this one does not include Edgar Wright behind the camera. Mm. Um, but the two of them have fantastic chemistry, and it's always fun to see them on screen together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so on that note, let's just go ahead and go anus to mouth already. You never go ass to mouth. Never, never go ass to mouth. Some, some, sometimes? sometimes? Sometimes. This isn't technically ass to mouth either, though. We'll get into that. We'll get into it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event.
All right. So I guess we're going to talk about the human centipede. <laughs> Somebody has to. You know, people have a lot of opinions about this movie. Do they? <clears throat> they do. I feel like most people watch this movie once and have the same opinion. <laughs> All right. So the human centipede first sequence came out in 2009. It is written, directed, and produced by Dutch filmmaker Tom Six. It has a relatively small cast, including Dieter Laser. That is Dr. Josef Heider. Heider. Heider, okay. Uh, Ashley Williams as Lindsay. Ashlyn Yenny as Jenny. Akiro Kitamura as Katsuro. Andreas Leupold as Detective Kranz. And Peter Blankenstein as Detective Voller. And then one other dude that drives a truck. Yeah, nasty man, I think they call it. <laughs> yeah. the nasty man who drives a truck. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I forgot to put him on there. That's all right, so did I. I just remember that there's the nasty man that drives a truck. <laughs> um, the budget's one, it was 1.5 million euros. Which that seems is, excessive. Doesn't it? Um, and it only grossed worldwide about $250,000. That also was, seems excessive. <laughs> yeah, that's as of, uh, that number though is from 2012. So unless there was for some reason some very large which is a resurgence of people of buying like the, the director's cut. Well, so I wonder if that includes it. Well, if no, because when, when did the last one come out? The third one? 2015, I think. Okay, because I know I know there's like a special edition that's all three of them. All three of them together, together yes. The fin- What is it? The final sequence? Yeah. <laughs> or the full sequence? The full sequence. That's right. Oh, um, so in a short synopsis, um, in Germany, two American women and a Japanese man fall victim to a demented surgeon who plans to recreate a horrific operation with humans that he performed on his three beloved dogs, reverse engineering Siamese triplets by attaching their digestive systems. <laughs> Which I think is a pretty apt synopsis of the movie. Yeah, I mean, without getting into, like, exactly what that exactly means. Exactly what it is. Because how, what do you do? Do you just, like, stitch their intestines together? Like, is, is, is it the opposite of taking apart Siamese twins? How do we know? How do we know? Explain it to us. Well, watch this fucking movie. Because, <laughs> uh, and if you don't want to, well, <laughs> we'll explain it to you. So the plot opens up. Um, it actually doesn't, I don't have this written down here, but the, the, uh, the, uh, the movie opens up to him sitting in his car, right? Looking at a photo of his centipede dog and... <laughs> Three hund. Three hund. Being like, okay, whatever. But then it goes to uh, Lindsay and Jenny, who are two American tourists, like I said, uh, living in Germany. He did look like he missed his dog. He did. Who they're attempting to find some sort of um, nightclub, and their car breaks down near the or in the woods. So they refuse a ride from a very perverted stranger who does some sort of (laughs) mouth licking. And, oh, I missed that then, oh, which is weird because I watched that scene like three times. And then they um, they walk through the woods when it starts to rain and they stumble upon this house in the country, knock on the door, and there is Dr. Hyder. <laughs> he pretends that he is um, phoning the car service for them and he instead uh, roofies their drinks, um, hoping that they'll pass out, which they do. Yep. Uh, they wake up and they are in some sort of medical ward that you find out is in his basement. Um, and they've also kidnapped a truck driver who they kill, right? Because he doesn't match. Because he doesn't match. Yeah. And I feel like that guy seems super upset about it. He is the luckiest fucking guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I were watching this. We're like, no, dude, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he got off pretty easy, he all did. things considered. 
because the women are kind of asking like, what are you going to do to us? And I don't think that if you were in that position, would you have any idea this? You could not even fathom this No, at that no. point. Like what he's going to do <laughs> is attach your butt <laughs> and although, her mouth. <laughs> although I do find it interesting that, because I guess when he says that they don't match that or that he doesn't match that it's like blood type. I would, that's pretty much the only thing that, right? Yeah. Um, so I find it interesting, like, he lucked out that these two girls showed up and they're the same blood type. He did. Well, I feel like there's also certain blood types that you can, like... Yeah. You know, so it's not like you can the only universal go with... universal ones. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know what they are. I don't even know what my own I think it has is. to do with being a positive and negative and not necessarily um, the letter that's attached to it. Oh, okay. But anyways... So the women wake up a second time and Haider has secured a new male captive who is... Um, a Japanese tourist, Katsuro. He explains his plan to these three poor people. He says that he's um, a renowned surgeon who is famous for separating Siamese twins, but his new dream in retirement now is to um, create a creature that shares a single digestive system. So That's he- a very specific dream. <laughs> it is. Like, <laughs> I could have bought it where he was like, oh, like I, the, the last 10 procedures I did were separating twins that were conjoined at the liver. Right. Uh, so now I want to put two people together at the liver. Yes. Um, but no, no, he, he takes that one a step further. He does. He does I, have that dope-ass painting on his wall, though, the Siamese twins. Painted That's, the, the, um, Tom Six painted that himself. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, that... It's very good. There's some really cool stuff in this movie just like that, and finding out that Tom Six did that redeems him a little bit a little in my bit. eyes. That is um, a, it's a very wonderful painting. It does. It, 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 he was hoping that it would help set the... The atmosphere. Yeah. And it really does. It really does. It's a large painting and it's massive. It's very um, subversive. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's kind of creepy. <laughs> so I wonder if that means that Tom Six is illustrating his own graphic novel then. Oh. That'd be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Damn it. Do I like him a little bit now? Fuck. Oh, no. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I will take care of anybody liking this guy by All the right. time we're done with this episode. <laughs> so once he describes in detail how he's going to surgically connect these three people, um, I guess Lindsay tries to escape and Hyder tells her that because she's fucking a bitch, he's going to put her in the middle, yep. <laughs> which is obviously the worst place to be. It's, it's kind of like the, it does what it's told moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like if you just, if you just chilled, maybe you would have been in the front. If you learn how to read contracts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, he places her in the middle Katsuro is at the front and Jenny is at the rear. Um, uh, let's see. So he explains to Lindsay that he had an experiment with creating the three dogs that he also joined um, mouth to anus. But unfortunately, the dogs died uh, pretty shortly after surgery. He also tells I find that to be ironic because I know dogs love eating shit. They do. Hyder <laughs> uh, also tells Lindsay that the middle dog of his creation experienced the most pain. Um, and as punishment for his escape, like I said, he's going to make her the middle of the centipede. <laughs> Worst spot. Uh, once the operation is complete, the doctor tries to train his centipede as a pet and watches with great delight as Lindsay is forced to, in probably what is the most disgusting part of the movie um and the one part that everybody knows you know that's gonna happen yep it's like literally in the diagram right so (laughs) so you're waiting for it here it is and here it is is when um Lindsay's forced to swallow katsuro's he feels so bad about it too he does apologize he he turns around and he's just like i'm sorry he said i'm sorry but he was eating that dog food i mean he needed to eat Mm. 
I don't know, man. I feel like you take one for the team and just not. I guess you have to eat eventually. You have to eat eventually. And I, I imagine that like he had still eaten recently enough that he would have pooped eventually. He would have. So <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, so Hyder eventually becomes irritated, though, after being kept awake by his new pet, who is uh, consistently screaming in the dog cage. Um, and he then realizes also that Jenny, who is in the rear of the centipede, is dying from sepsis. Yes. So there's that point in the movie where he kind of squeezes the pus out of her mouth and licks it. That was the the actor playing the doctor. That was totally his <laughs> own idea. God damn it. <laughs> this guy's a crazy guy. Yeah, Dieter, Dieter Lasser or Laser or however you say his name. Dieter Laser. Dieter Laser. Uh, he's a fucking lunatic. He is a fucking lunatic. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, I should just, I, what we should do is we should we should set her out and then have the pus come out of her mouth and I will take my finger and dip it in like a pudding and then leak and it and then leak it. Um, also, the there is the scene where I guess he um, when he's trying to train them and he swims in front of them naked. Yes, that was also his idea, right, to be naked because he wanted so much to. Uh, people are naked in front of their pets. in front of their pets, right? He runs to be like these are not people; these are. This is my pet, so I'm going to be naked in front of it because that's not weird. Yeah. <laughs> also. Strangely enough, he's actually right. Out of this entire thing, <laughs> that's the one part that's not fucking weird. Yeah, Dieter makes a good point. Um, so eventually the victims attempt to escape the ward, especially with Katsuro in the front, right? They come up with this very well-coordinated plan to... Left foot, left right, right foot, foot up the <laughs> stairs. Um, and Katsuro attacks Hyder uh, with... a. Uh, a scalpel right and yep. he stabs him in his leg but then that's it and then they start to well ass- no he chewed he he tried to chew out Dieter's throat that's right or his, I thought it was his ear was it his ear I thought, yeah. it, was his, I thought it was his neck either way neck. either way they left him and he didn't he, do a good enough job he didn't job. do a good enough job so their attempt to escape fails um Katsuro confesses to the doctor that he, um we also get we also get those close up shots of like all the staples and shit ripping out as they're yes. going up the stairs. Yes. Because uh, which one's in the, Jenny? Jenny's, Jenny's in, the back. in the back. Jenny, uh, she's dying, man. She she, she doesn't is. have she's any energy. Them down. She hasn't gotten any sustenance out of this entire process. That's right. And uh, she's she's holding them down, and her her staples start to come undone. That was a very unnerving scene. And then it's bloody all over the place. Yeah. Um. So Katsura thinks that he deserves his fate because he treated his family poorly, which is like super Japanese. Uh, he then slits his own throat with a shard of broken glass. Two detectives then kind of run into the house who had been into the house previously and gotten totally weirded out by uh, by the doctor because he a freak. Um, well, the whole, like, drink this water. Yeah, drink I, it. I, I don't have coffee. I only have water. That's drink the only it. thing I have in this drink house. It. Drink, it. drink it. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. So they come back with a, um, a search warrant and find uh, Hyder hides by uh, the pool. And um, Krantz finds the makeshift ward and then here's a gunshot he comes down and sees that uh voler's been shot dead in the swimming pool um hyder comes out of hiding shoots cans in the stomach cans dies but not before cans shoots the doctor in the forehead yep killing him great shot great shot so back at the main part of the house we have jenny (laughs) who has Lindsay in front of her right Mm -hmm. or no Yes. Yeah, Lindsay's yeah, yeah. in the middle. Lindsay's in the middle, and then Katsuro dead in the front, 
and then uh, Jenny dies at the back. So then we just have poor Lindsay in the middle. Oh, and Lindsay, she, <laughs> Jenny dies with Lindsay holding her hand. He does. So sad. So sad. But then, uh, yeah, we have Lindsay dead in the middle. She has no idea that her captor is dead. She's left completely alone in the house, trapped between two of her uh, deceased fellow captives. Her fate is left unknown, and the film ends with sounds of her sobbing as it kind of pans to the roof of the house. Yeah. So what do we think is her fate? We talked about this when we were talking about the graphic novel. Yeah. Um, what do you think happens to her? Well, it seems based on when they were climbing the stairs that the staples are still fairly fresh. Mm-hmm. Or at least that, you know, let's be nice and say that all three captives will round out and say they're about 130 pounds a person. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say that. Um Pretty sure those staples and stitches aren't going to hold 130 pounds. No. Um, but the problem is, Dieter cut her knees up so she can't stand up. She can't up. stand up. So, yeah. So, uh. They, he did something with her ligaments, right? Yeah. So that they're, they're, it's not that they're being forced to kneel because they're attached to each other. They literally cannot stand up. Yeah. Um, that said, she can, like, go from, like, all fours to just on her knees. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think would rip. Katsuro's ass from her mouth. Yeah, it would. Uh, be, I think it would be easiest to, to to disattach yourself from the front. Yeah, I don't know what she does to get away from Ash, Jenny. From Jenny. <laughs> Jenny from the block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how she gets out of that one, uh, and because she can't walk, I don't. I can't imagine that she lasts very long. Well, the only thing I'm thinking of though is I don't know that she would be there that long on her own because the the, the police force that's true obviously knows because they've come back with a search warrant the two detectives yeah, so to somebody, search this specific home and if they just don't sh- yeah if they just don't show up and never come back someone is going to a know where they were because that's the last place they got a search warrant for and b will send someone to come looking for her but she just needs to hold on for i don't know i'd give it like what 24 hours but 24 hours yeah Positioned between two dead people attached to your mouth and butt <laughs> is a long ass 24 hours. So, so let's assume that the, uh, the rest of the cops show up okay. the next day uh-huh. and they see this bloodbath down by the pool yep. with the two cops dead in the water, Dieter dead against the wall. And then they walk upstairs and they see three people stitched together ass to mouth. Yep. A dead one in the front, a dead one in the back and a barely living one in the middle. Yep. Do they separate them there before trying to transport them? No. Okay. So they transport them to a hospital as one giant centipede. Yes. And the doctor's like, oh, the one in the middle is alive. So they separate them. If you were in Lindsay's position, Uh would you want to survive this? I don't think so. Sorry, doc. Just let me go. (laughs) Just let me go. But I mean, do me the favor of like taping, taking his ass off my mouth. And yeah, at least let me die in some dignity. But I don't really know that I need to leave that hospital. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I like I said, when we were talking, when we were doing going over the plot synopsis, that one truck driver has no idea how lucky. Oh, my God. How lucky he was that he did not have to that. He wasn't a match. Yeah, because they would have just injected him with some sort of poison or so another question i have actually uh, does it have to be three people like i know it was three dogs yes and i know it's three people does it have to be can it be four or five well in the um the second installment of Mm -hmm. the humans tend to be there are more people okay 
So I think just, I think three is a good starting off point because two does not seem that impressive, right? No, you need to make sure that I can get like from one out in and then out, out in, yeah. You need and to then out. yeah you you need to see how it travels. It being the feces, yeah, which is literally no, sustenance. The sustenance. Sorry. Well, and that's the thing though. That's the thing that by the time it reaches the third or even the second person, oh, there, there's no nutrients. There's no in nutrients that. in it. So you would being in the second position and the third position, you you would need to be injected also with some sort of nutrients because you could not survive on feces alone you would die i read somewhere that uh i hate saying the word feces i feel like i'm gonna be saying it like just say shit just say it's just shit it's just just, it's it's shit it's shit this is a movie about people who sometimes eat shit yeah more than sometimes (laughs) well in this movie thank god it was only one only once which is strange so this this movie gets a a lot of notoriety it does for what it is um I mean, and understandably. Understandably, but considering the subject matter, it's not as, like, gruesome or graphic as you'd imagine. No, so there's there's not very much gore, and there's not very much, um, you know, on-camera... Because the only surgical part that you see is when he... The knees and... The knees and the butt flaps. Yeah. Um, the butt flaps, that's right. The butt right. flaps. Um, they... So, and we've seen so many movies in the last decade since this came out that, you know, if there's a surgical component involved in the movie, like you see a lot more of that. Um, so it's surprising that that's all there is. Yeah. So there's very little surgical procedure. There's no excrement actually shown. It's implied yeah. that it's being passed from person to person. I mean, you see, you see some shit dribble down her cheek. A little but considering what's actually happening, you see very little of it. Yeah. And I think that, um, I guess maybe it's the, the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Your imagination fills in Your the blanks. Your imagination for you. does you, fill in the blanks. You know what's going on. And I that's one thing that I will say about this movie that I almost will give it credit for is that it it didn't I don't feel like it's clinging to the lowest hanging fruit. So yeah, it's a very a very insane idea and they could get real gross with it but they don't they leave it implied. Yeah, is, South Park fills in the blanks for you. Yeah, that's right. Many years down the line. <laughs> that's right. With cargo fish in asparagus. Oh, bean vanilla fish. <laughs> oh, cuttlefish. Because oh. I remember with that episode, you see like shit spraying everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not in this. Not in this. Uh, so it is strangely restrained. It is. And that's only really um, something that you could say about. I know that it's about the the first one because yeah. the second one and the third one are much more graphic. Yeah. They seem like they're doing that to be. This movie seems like it's going out of its way to be. A disgusting concept, but not a disgusting movie, if that makes sense. And, it, it, and we're going to get into this a little bit, but uh, what Tom Six wanted this to be a reflection of um, is a somewhat serious subject matter, right? Which is which is why it's not as grotesque as people think it is. Well, let's talk about that then. Uh, all right, so. Nazis. 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 We've gone from eating shit to talking about Nazis all in the mm-hmm. same episode. Because <laughs> um, Nazis can eat shit. So Tom Six says that uh, the human centipede, to an extent, is a reflection on fascism. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So uh, Dieter Laser, who plays Dr. Heider, uh, said that during the promotion of the film, he felt the guilt of Nazi actions during the war had haunted ordinary Germans for generations. And that as a German whose father participated in the war... He often felt like a child whose father is in jail for murder. 
um, and including a German villain, came from this idea with Tom Six citing both the German invasion of the Netherlands during World War II and more specifically Nazi medical experiments as mm. inspiration. Um, meanwhile, Dieter Laser says that he considers the film a grotesque parody of the Nazi psyche, and World War II specifically plays a part uh, on the influence uh, on the nationality of the other main characters who are American and Japanese. And Japanese, absolutely. Um, and Dr. Yosef's name is kind of like an amalgamation amalgamation of Nazi war doctors. Yes, yes. So, you so there's gotta... Yosef... Mangala, right? Yep. Who's probably the most infamous doctor who performed just awful experiments um, in Auschwitz. Yep. And then I don't, want, I don't want to say lesser known, but probably not as famous ones uh, are doctors Fetter and Richter. Yes. So that was the amalgamation of the last name Heiter. Heiter. That's right. Um, which strangely, if I remember correctly. Means cheerful. Cheerful or bright. Yeah. In German. Yeah. <laughs> which is, um, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you're gonna go if, if you're gonna stitch people stitch people's faces to asses uh might as well keep the comedy rolling let's be bright about it yeah <laughs> um and so you know the the influence that nazi experimentation had on this movie is pretty evident uh for any of those that know anything about it uh they did all sorts of crazy fucked up shit um Usually revolving, their, their their big focus was on twins. On twins was a huge thing. Yeah. For, um, for uh, Mangla specifically. Which kind of ties into the whole, the, the what was his name? Nasty, nasty truck driver? Dirty truck driver? Dirty truck driver. Dirty truck driver didn't match. That's right. Um, well, and the fact that the doctor spent his entire working career separating Siamese twins. Yeah. So also there's that big obsession with um, with twins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the the Japanese mm-hmm. portion of it. Uh, so anybody who knows anything about World War II, Jap- uh, Japan and Germany were kind of on the friendly side of things, mm-hmm. which is a little ironic that. Uh, what, what, what's his name? K- Katsuro? Katsuro. Katsuro ends up being the, the voice because mm-hmm. he only speaks Japanese. That's true. There is definitely a language barrier between all three of the or I guess all four of the main characters of so the Americans, the Japanese dude and the Germans. And there's a lot of the movie is in subtitles, but you can tell that the, the, they don't understand each other. Yeah. Like there's that large monologue at the end of the movie where Katsuro is talking to the doctor and he doesn't understand a word he's saying. And he's trying to, um, convince that when he's trying to convince the, uh, the two women to move with him, like he has to, to pantomime it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. they don't understand what he's saying. Yeah. Um, cause Heider does speak English as we see when the girls first show up to the house. Um, so it, it, it's a really interesting choice that they do that there. And Tom Six says that he didn't want this to be like a Dr. Frankenstein style, right? Uh, you know, body horror thing. Uh, so he, w- he, he says that he really was inspired when writing the script by Nazi doctors. And uh, he wanted to also pay tribute to Japanese horror films. Yes, he was. Uh, he cited um, Takashi Miike yeah. as being a huge influence um, for his movie, as well as, I mean, obviously not Japanese nor German, but David Cronenberg. Yep. Which... If, King of body horror. King of body horror, right? Um, also, and this is going to lead into our next part of uh, how Dieter Lacer is one of the craziest motherfuckers alive, um, his lab coat. Mm. Real Nazi doctor lab coat that he owned. That he owned. It was not a prop that yeah, they, was they, given to him. They didn't go out and find this. He just has it in his fucking house. Yeah, he did. 
Because that's the kind of guy that he is. But when you also realize (laughs) that his dad was a part of the war, it makes a little bit of sense that maybe he kept some stuff of his dad's. It was it his. You think it was his dad's coat? No, I'm assuming it was like his dad's friend. Oh, weird. It's still weird. It's still especially. I feel like that's especially taboo. As a German. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's one thing for, a, you know, a, hist- a historian or, you know, whatever, but even, they don't keep that shit in museums. Like, yeah. this is not, these are not things that you hold on to. And uh, as a reminder, this movie takes place in Germany. It's, it's not filmed, it's not filmed, filmed in but Germany, it's, but it's supposed to be taking place in Germany. It's filmed in the Netherlands, correct? Yeah. Which I guess apparently has the same sort of geography as, mm-hmm. as, as Germany. Or uh, that one specific part of Germany. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine that this being set in Germany that anybody in Germany would let this movie be filmed there. No, they're very particular about (laughs) particular being a kind of an off word, but this is something that is kind of like the rules to fight club. It's a big deal. (laughs) And I feel like we do not talk about this. Yeah. And as a German holding on to Nazi memorabilia, that's kind of a, a very taboo thing. Yeah. From what I understand, of course, but nobody asked him, nobody asked Dieter about this. He just fucking brought this jacket from home. And so this is what I'm wearing. And he's he's a very accomplished German actor. So yes. the the two women who played the Americans, this was both for them their first movie. Okay. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, and then um who the man who played Katsuro Kitamura. He um had been in a few movies, but he did his audition via Skype. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, he did. So out of the the four of them, um It's kinda of crazy to think that Skype's been around that long. Right. Uh, Dieter Laser is by far the most um, he has like you know the most movies on his on his IMDb page. Yeah, he, and he's famous in Germany specifically, but it, I mean other people know him as well. Yeah. Um. So while we're talking about Kitamura versus Dieter, um, fun little interview I came across today from Twenty Four Times Per Second with Akihiro Kitamura, uh, where he thinks this movie's a comedy. Okay, I could see that. And he thinks Dieter Lacer is a psycho. I could also see that. Both of those are possible. Because um, there were a lot of parts of this movie where I was just laughing because it was just fucking silly. Uh, so some of, the, some of the questions that were asked in this interview include things like, what did you think when they told you the premise? Uh, and he said, I didn't find it scary at all. I thought it was a comedy. I couldn't stop laughing when I was reading the script. I thought the storytelling was really good and I liked the concept. And I told Tom, as Alex mentioned, that we did auditions through Skype just like this. He showed me this crazy photo and I said, Tom, man, you're a genius. You're a genius motherfucker. They liked my audition. <laughs> so a week later I was in an airplane. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. Because there were a lot of women that he auditioned who straight up <laughs> like, were you. like, no. <laughs> and then once they found, and even some of them who would agree to the premise of the film, but when they would have to get down on their hands and knees mm-hmm. and sort of act out the actual centipede portion of the, the movie, were like, I, I can't, I cannot do this. Yeah. Um, so this is this, as you mentioned, uh, as you talk about that, this is where Akihiro turns into more of a traditional male role. Uh, one of the questions was the actresses are very attractive and I imagine rehearsals were kind of fun. Uh, he replies saying it's funny. Dieter's a pretty scary guy. I thought, yo man, that's going to be awesome to have some hot chick attached to my ass though. But because it's a horror film setting, I was kind of, uh, it was kind of a scary feeling. Uh, and he goes on to say that he was completely creeped out by Dieter, who's a very scary man. He's a crazy guy, and he only eats fruit and shit. Um, In a can, right? Yeah, and he brought it with him to set every day. Yes. Um, And he was in character even when they weren't filming. The whole time. Just screaming at people. So weird. Um, And then they got into a fight. Yep. Um, So they were shooting for one week, and uh, Akihiro says, I joined the production after that. 
the girls were telling me Dieter gets really pissed when you talk over his lines and I'm the same way because I want to keep the concentration going and not have anything interfere. But I'm an upcoming actor and I know he's done over 70 movies and I know he's really great. But I didn't want to be under his control and I want to show him that I'm the king too from Japan. So in the scene where Dieter is explaining the operation, we're all tied up and listening to him show how the centipede is going to be formed. He was giving his little monologue and I, I knew that he got pissed off when someone talked over his line. So I said, you know what? It's time for me to show that he thinks he's the king, but I fight back. So I screamed over his lines in Japanese, get me out of here, motherfucker. I'm going to kill you. And Dieter thought it was great. Yeah. Apparently I was reading an article. He liked it when people would come up with their own lines yeah. and take the characters kind of into their own hands. Um, there's another scene where Dieter carries Akihiro to the house from the car. Mm. And let's, uh, shit, I just lost it. I do know too. Also, there was that scene where, um, he is eating the dog food, right? And so they had just gotten into quite a, a, an argument right before then. And so Dieter's kind of yelling at him and he's being forced to eat the dog food. And that was like a, apparently like a very tumultuous scene to film because they were both quite upset with each other. Yeah. So, <laughs> so part of the, part of the thing that makes the, the two of them work so well together is that by the time that they're actually all joined together, cause this movie was shot mostly like from start to finish. Right. Um, oh, so the, it was shot like sequentially. Yeah. So oh, by the okay. time they get to that part, like the, the two of them have had enough back and forth where there's, there's enough tension going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually, Akihiro goes on to, say that during that scene uh that during rehearsals there's the part where he kicks him in the nose where Dieter kicks him in the nose that's right um and he says like I've directed a movie before so I know about camera angles and he doesn't really have to kick me um but uh he goes he heard him though yeah he he? says uh when we were doing the kick scene I was afraid he's gonna kick me in the face he said please do what you did in rehearsal so Tom says action and Dieter kicks me almost in my face yep um apparently it was like about an inch and a half away from his actual nose uh, and Akihiro shouted out cut and he goes don't kick my nose uh, and then Dieter called him a chicken shit okay. and got really fucking mad at him um, and Akihiro got mad at him and said hey motherfucker I'm not a chicken shit and they got up and started like like posturing at each other okay. and like almost fighting and they got separated posturing um, you know I know, like, I know exactly hold, what hold you mean hold me back bro <laughs> hold me hold back, me back. Bro. <laughs> uh, come on ladies get up and hold me back um, they're like, no, ew, <laughs> no, no, dude, just let me put my mouth back on your ass. Yeah. Um, but Dieter apparently apologized later. Um, cause he also injured one of the women yes. while they were filming. Yes, he did. So, okay. Is he kind of an asshole <laughs> or was it, do you think just two mistakes? So is Dieter just a German version of Daniel Day Lewis? Okay. But just, just like full on character actor. Yeah. Where like, as soon as a movie starts like pre-production and they've, they've got their cast and he's read the script and he knows what his character is supposed to be. Uh-huh. Like he is that person for the duration of the entire right. process. I don't know if Dieter's actually an asshole because I don't I don't know any of his other work. No, I know I know nothing about him, and I don't even know. Like, obviously, Daniel Day Lewis is very famous for being a method actor. I don't know that he's like hurt two people while he was filming a movie with yeah. them. It just I don't know for some reason he I don't know if it's like the German Nazi stuff or the fact that he's like posturing against his like counter actors or is it the fact that he's injured some of them? Like he just kind of seems a little creepy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of creepy. But I don't know him. He also him. has a creepy face. He just, he's perfect for the part. And, and when I, he puts on the sunglasses, man, yeah. that shit fucking sells it. He looks like a villain. I will say, I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar with a lot of other famous German actors, but like, I can't imagine anyone else being in this movie but him. He, and he does a phenomenal, he does do a very good job. There was an interview, <laughs> there was an interview a couple of months ago on like 
Conan or one of the late night shows. Okay. With a German, uh, a famous German actor or singer or somebody. Okay. I don't, I don't know who. A it famous was. German person. Yeah, some famous German person. And one of the questions came up about like Germans always playing the villains in movies. Okay. Yep. And it's was, very true. He was like, "Of course they do. Like, do you not remember World War Two? Yeah. Do you not remember Nazis?" And one of the questions was like, "Who plays a villain in German movies?" And he was like. German people. German people. <laughs> so, like, as a as a German person, he makes a fucking fantastic villain. I mean, I feel like Germans are notorious for being quite somber. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, I think it is important to note, though. I don't know if we've even mentioned it, where the actual inspiration for this movie came from. Oh, so we had talked yeah. about you know just the dirty truck driver. Other directors that he sort of pulled inspiration from, but like the the where does someone come up with an idea like this? I don't know. <laughs> so apparently, uh, Six once made a joke about punishing a, a an actual child molester that they saw on TV or the news or something like that by stitching his mouth to the anus of a an overweight truck driver. I believe a direct quote was "fat truck driver." Oh, it was "fat truck fat driver." Truck driver. So, so not just a regular truck driver, particularly a fat truck driver. A fat truck driver. So I think that's also why in the beginning we have. The truck driver, so he Nasty to pay to, to pay homage to his original idea. So, yeah, because I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I feel like people get drunk and think about, but they don't actually like make a movie about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I I feel like I've I've gotten drunk with you guys before, and we've come up with some fucked we, up ideas. Like, oh, like, what if this happened? What 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 do you think we should do right. if this happened? I don't know if I've ever like explicitly been like, ah, I got it. Staple his face <laughs> to a fat truck driver's ass. Right. Um, so that's Tom Six for you. That's Tom Six. I, um, <laughs> I don't, that, that, is, <laughs> that is that. So the human centipede, the centipede as he calls them. Um, how did they make that? What were the special effects? Ah. <laughs> so apparently the special effects team was led by a father and son Yes. Duo, which is pretty cool. Uh, Rob and Eric Hillenbrink. Um, I looked on their IMDb page, and they are they've done quite a lot of work. Okay. But uh, I guess the actors were made to wear this sort of hardened underwear or shorts, right? Yeah. Which had a rubber grip for the actors to wear, and the actor behind them to bite on to give the illusion of ass to mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then where there were no teeth, those were edited out mm-hmm. in post. And then you said something too about some sort of harness to keep them connected. Uh, no, that like the the diaper thing that the, wraps around their head. Oh, with the okay, bit inside yeah. Of it. So I mean, as far as special effects go, there wasn't a ton of. No, most of it was done with all practical effects. Yeah. Um, there there was some stuff done in post, mm-hmm. um, but it was all mostly minor. Like the the teeth pulling scene was all done in post. Yep. Um, and even things down to like it raining. Yeah, that was not. That was done in post because apparently they didn't have a license to even film in that location. That's right. Um, Let alone wait for rain. But Tom Six was adamant about doing it there because he thought that, you know, in a traditional horror movie, you have your traditional tropes. That's right. It girls. starts off very traditionally. Yeah. And uh, there's what there's there's girls who are kind of lost car breaking down. Yep. They make some sort of, you know, relative, they run through the woods making relatively stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like up until, up until the point where they wake up the first time after being drugged, it's a very typical horror movie. Yeah. And then after that, it goes very surreal. I will say that because the two of them look similar enough, the that, two women. Yeah. Yes. It, when they're running through the woods and I, I, at this point, I don't even remember which one was, which, 
um, where one of them's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stand right here. That's right. Um, honestly, at that point, I was ready to not hear them talk anymore. That was the middle one. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the one change that like would have separated the two. Because uh-huh. once they're in the human centipede, you honestly probably don't even know which one's which. No, it's hard to tell which one is. I mean, one had curly hair and one. Well, they can't because they can't, they can't speak. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't speak. And by the time you get, you know, an hour into this hour and a half long movie, the hair's all matted down anyway. So any of the curls are gone. That's and, right. Uh, so it's just a couple of white girls with black hair. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but Bloody Disgusting did an interview with Tom Six a couple of weeks ago. Oh, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and this is where the news about his graphic novel broke. Okay, that's right. Um, so they asked him, you know, all sorts of questions tied to this movie and this franchise and mm-hmm. what it's been like for, you know, 10 years of Human Centipede. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, first of all, Jesus Christ, it's been fucking 10 years. Since, since Human Centipede, can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I read through this interview a handful of times and I got to say, he's one of the most pretentious motherfuckers on the face of the planet. Okay. He's got to be. Um, so at one point he does say, and this, this is not in the interview. This is a, an interview he did previous to this, uh, where he says he wanted to make a film that induced a reaction from the audience rather than just a forgettable horror movie. Okay. All right. So keep that in Check. your mind. <laughs> keep that in your mind when this question from bloody disgusting comes up, which is how did you want to push the boundaries of shock cinema? And he says, I'm all about creating original work and pushing boundaries of art and film. I hate mediocre shit. It's great to have the bar raised, but not just to shock for shock. Okay. After he says that he wants to make a movie that shocks people. Right. I'm the guy that travels the seven seas while others stay safely on shore. And I salute the very few fellow filmmakers who have and do the same because I know how hard it is, especially now in our politically correct times. I I have read that he's very about not being politically correct. That's a huge bothersome topic for him. Yeah. Uh, he goes on after a question about, uh, do you, did, did he ever imagine the film to have such a cultural impact on cinema and horror? He goes on to say, like I said, I always knew I had something special, something that would make a massive impact. And I love to light up a cigar and say, I love it when a plan comes together. Sounding like a fucking bond supervillain. I know. And it, it, it's awful. In a lot of pictures of him, he is smoking a cigar. It's awful. Talking about it being referenced, though, I did find that it's referenced, spoofed, and or, um, you know, spoken about in over a hundred different media is it outlets. Really? Yeah. Some of these, <laughs> including Bob's Burgers. Rope, is it really in yeah, Bob's it's Burgers? One of the burgers is named after. Oh, wow. I must have missed it. I love that show. Robot Chicken, yep. Veep, Glee. Weeds, The Simpsons, uh, porn parody, The Human Sexapede. <laughs> and then I feel like... Is this like, a fucking elephant party? I don't know. I haven't watched it. And then I feel like, especially between us two, the most famous is South Park episode one of season 15. Called- oh, fish! <laughs> the Human Centipede. <laughs> Sign, you have- <laughs> just read your terms and conditions before you hit agree. And if you have Hulu, you should absolutely go and watch that. <laughs> read them before you just blindly press. So he's not press wrong. It, it, it has been referenced. It's just an insurmountable amount of time. It really has. It is so, especially now, such a part of the horror pop zeitgeist yeah it it is like it's the movie about someone who made three people (laughs) like 
connected their digestive tracts ass to mouth. Yes. Like you don't come up with an idea like that every Anus day. Anus to mouth. Anus to mouth. You don't come up with an idea like that every day. Um, but he does sound like a toy. No, but, but you come up with that idea once and you milk it for all it's fucking worth. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that you sell yourself as this like Uber director though. No. The, and, and saying that this is the one quote from his interview with bloody disgusting that drove me insane. Uh, where they asked after these 10 years since the debut, how would you sum up your feelings regarding the film and your experience since as an artist, uh, which most of his experience since has been continuing this franchise. Right. Uh, he says, these films are my brain babies. And I am a very proud daddy. Mm. With the movies, all of my depraved dreams come true. And now I have many more original and depraved film scripts in the work, n- including Human Caterpillar. Um, and goes on to say, the world has not seen the last of this humble film dictator. That's right. Well, and we were also supposed to be this year privy to his new movie. What was it? Juanita. Remember the ones about the, the preview was that 40, 50 second clip of the women, the Onania club, the Onania club of the women yes. masturbating to nine 11. Yes. Which I imagine will be just as <laughs> fucked up as this. Um, if not more, cause he's had years of practice with it. <laughs> like, I don't even know what that movie's about yet. <laughs> I, I think just, it's just women getting off to I really Fucking! I don't like, know. It was he said something. About, he called. I remember like the the description of the movie, like being like rich. And he's totally poking at at like you know political correctness because he says even in the description. I remember it was like rich, powerful white women in brackets uber bitches. Yeah. <laughs> he called them uber bitches. So I don't know. This guy kind of just seems like a prick. But now I say all this. I think he is a pretentious cock. Um, but I mean, aren't a lot of directors pretentious cocks? Yeah. And I think it might just be like a more willing, willingly open thing with European directors. I was going to say, he's also European. Because <clears throat> honestly, his interviews remind me a lot of Lars von Trier. Uh-huh. Who was also a pretentious cock. Yeah. And I love Lars, Lars von Trier's movies. Yeah. I think I love his movies, though, because it's more than just like the same concept. Okay. Where it's just like continually just anus to mouth. Right. Anus to mouth. Which is why I am interested in the Anonymous mm-hmm. Club because I feel like it is a, a, a fresh direction for Tom Six to it take. Would be some, it would be interesting to see what else he has up his sleeve Yeah, instead of just the Human Centipede franchise. Yeah. Because but, I will say, like, did you see this movie when it came out? I saw this movie... So I've seen this movie twice now. Okay. I watched it once in 2010, Okay, 2010, 2011, sometime around there. Yeah. Like, we were, we were still in college. Yes. Um, so I saw it then. I was just like, I uh, don't think I ever need to watch this movie again. That's right. Um, I have not seen mm. the second or third sequences. Okay. Uh, mostly because, and I want to talk about this afterwards. I don't, I don't really know how much merit there is right. to this as a, as a film, let alone a franchise. Um, having seen it a second time all these years later. It's funnier than I remember. It is. I said the exact same thing when I turned it on. So I, the first time I saw it, it must have been in 2012 because the second one was already out. Okay. Um, and I remember being like, oh, when we were, when this was on the list, I was like, fuck, God damn it. Yeah. And then I, I turned it on and within 10 minutes I was started, I was laughing yeah. because I had forgotten how funny this movie was. Well, I, I think part of that though is because of how... Are we desensitized? Well, not even <laughs> that, but just as you mentioned, just how how ingrained this is in the yes. like horror zeitgeist that like we've seen 
Bob's Burgers. We've seen South Park. We've seen The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. All these shows that are at their heart comedy cartoons. Yes. That referenced this fucking disastrously disgusting Nazi psyche commentary and make light of it. But this is not by far the most disgusting movie we've watched. No, not not by any means. I'd, I'd like, like I would put this mildly compared to some of the movies that we've watched. Yeah, like when Palmer and I have talked endlessly about the house house that Jack built, uh, and when you compare this to the house that Jack built, um, this movie might as well be PG or like a Serbian film. Yeah, you know Serbian what I mean? film like, is like way the fuck martyrs. out. Martyrs. Um, so yeah, I mean this. This is not a. This is not a. a, a like this was, I, you know, when it came out, it was had it had a limited theatrical release in the United States, which says something right there. Yeah, it was given an. Um, oh, what a different time that it was! was. So it was, uh, <laughs> and it was distributed by IFC Films. Uh, the film was also passed uncut by the British Classification Board, which is also saying something, um, and released with an eighteen certificate. So I think again that says something about just how given the nature of this movie and what people know about it that haven't mm-hmm. seen it, mm-hmm. it's not as graphic as you think. It's really not. And then throughout 2009, this movie won several awards at um, different film festivals. So it won uh, Best Picture slash movie at Fantastic Fest, which is in Austin. Yep. Scream, uh, Scream Fest, Horror Film Fest in Los Angeles, and um, the St. Maxime International Horror Festival, which takes place in France. Uh Lather also won Best Actor in the Horror Category at Fantastic Fest, and the film won Best Ensemble Cast at the um, South African Horror Fest hmm. Film Festival. So, I mean, it's <laughs> it's famous. Yeah. It's won awards, and it's had a theatrical release, and now it has its own franchise. Yeah. So, I mean, that's more than you can say about a lot of quote-unquote <laughs> subversive movies. And I'll give, I will give Tom Six credit where credit's due. Yes. There are some really cool parts and 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 directorial things done in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there are multiple very long tracking shots, which right. historically very difficult to pull off. You make one mistake, you got to start from scratch. Right. Expensive. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time, costs a lot of money. Um, and as we mentioned before, he specifically cites Takashi Miike as mm-hmm. his influence for the tracking shots. Uh, the the music that was played throughout the movie typically is classical music mm-hmm. and it was played at a very low quality to deliberately and muffled, right? and muffled to deliberately simulate the sound of the loudspeakers that were used in Nazi in a, concentration that's camps. That's fucking genius. Uh, sound effects in the movie were done by manipulating animal meat um, like the sound of Akihiro's nose breaking was actually someone snapping the bones of like a like T-bone chicken or, or oh, a chicken or, or something like okay, that. Yeah. Um, all the cliches that Alex mentioned that make kind of lull you into that false sense of security of mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's a traditional horror movie. Very clever. And then it takes just a really, really hard right turn. Um, I think that he if, knows how to make a movie. He does. I think that if he would have just made the movie and shut his mouth, <laughs> then everything would have been fine. Have you seen the second or third ones? Yeah, I've seen them all. Okay. I have not seen them. So. Does this movie work better as a standalone or do parts two and three actually deserve to be a thing based on what this movie was? I think and, that- and, and and that's me saying knowing the 
comparative responses to this movie versus the other two. Right. I would say that this movie is fine on its own. Okay. I think that in some ways it's better on its own. Yeah. I feel like if he had just done this movie and then jumped into the Anania Club. Right. Like maybe we're looking at a just another Lars von Trier. But people. Lars with a fetish. But people wanted to see more of this. Well, I mean, but did they really well, some it only made $250,000? Some people did. And, and I've got my favorite quotes from the critical reception of this movie. Um, so Metacritic currently has this at a 33. That's it, huh? Yeah. What is Google users? Rotten Tomatoes has this at a 49. <laughs> okay. Um, so much better. Yes. Uh, and the reviews, that this is one of those movies that certainly there, there is no middle ground. You either love no. this movie or you hate this movie. Um, and I imagine that once we get to our score of this, you'll probably see this, a similar thing reflected. Right. Um, but some of my favorite reviews of this, uh, and most are bad, but there's some good ones in here. So R.L. Schaefer from IGN gave this a 7 out of 10, saying, For obvious reasons, the human centipede won't be everyone's cup of tea, but if you're willing to sit through the film's gory moments and delve deeper into the narrative, there is something genuinely enthralling about this shocker. But don't say I didn't warn you, things get pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And as we talked Fair. about tonight, there is a lot of subtext to this movie, um, which is why I was shocked when I actually had this much to say about it, uh, considering my general right. disdain for this movie. And our first go around of the notes for this movie that were not very plentiful. No, they really weren't. <laughs> um, but then we get to Roger Ebert. Oh my gosh, this is fucking amazing. He refused to give the movie a star rating. Not to be confused with zero score. Yeah. <laughs> No he, he didn't say zero out of four stars. He said, I'm not giving this a star rating. <laughs> I love Why? it. Why? The star rating system is unsuited to this film. Is the movie good? Is it bad? Does it even matter? <laughs> it is what it is, and it occupies a world where the stars don't shine. <laughs> That's fucking classic. He went on to say that the film is depraved and disgusting enough to satisfy the most demanding midnight movie fan, which I think is actually a very apt description for this. Yep. Um, because I think the first time I saw it was at the bird at a midnight movie. Love it. Um, Michael Ordonia from the LA Times said there are terrible movies and then there are loathsome movies and then there's that rare breed so idiotic exploitative and sickening one wishes they could be scrubbed from memory mm. um, every bad review for this movie though makes it m- people want to watch it more yeah but on the flip side Kim Newman from Empire Magazine said with dark humor from time to time underneath an extremely repulsive concept there is a relatively conventional horror movie here mm-hmm um, and then Peter Travers from the Rolling Stone said this horror show from Dutch director Tom Six will be heaven for devotees of four star torture porn and zero star hell for everyone else. Else, I have a hard time with people calling it torture porn. I know that it is but kind you, of it's torture porn and it's torture. I don't know when I got to see when Hostel first came out. Yeah, because I'm going to say I don't find this to be. I mean, obviously, there are in the movie, the whole point is then they are being tortured, but I don't find this to be obscene. So, torture porn obviously is a part of, you know, the, uh, the cultural awareness with horror movies because Hustle came out in 2006. I think Saw was around the same time. Yeah. Um, so, they predate this, but those movies are much more graphic yes. in, in the, the happening of, mm-hmm. you know, what the characters are going through than this movie is. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't really think I'd ever qualify this as torture. No, cause I, but I've seen several um, reviews where people do say that. Yeah. Uh, so Google users gave this 44%, okay. <laughs> which is low for Google users. That is, that is very low for Google users. It it is. Is, they tend to like everything. So you want to wrap this up talking about, I think everyone's question when they watch this movie, what if it was us? What if it was you? A, 
where would you be? Yeah. And then pick your two closest friends. Do you have a wife and a child? Or do you have two roommates? Or yeah. what about siblings? What's the order? Yeah. All right. So let's do it. Let's All do right. you, me, and Palmer. So. Let's just say, okay, let's do first. Okay. Without being in a, you know, us as a, as a podcasting unit. It's just you. If I Gut was, reaction, where, are you, where do you want to be in this? Where in do this, I want to be in the centipede? In this centipede. I think I'm going to have to say front. Okay. I'm going to have to say front. Uh, you're the one that gets to eat, even if it is dog food in this case. Okay. Um, you get to eat something that's not shit. Yep. Uh, you also get to have your mouth not stapled to someone's asshole. Yep. Um, and you have the ability to at least yell. Yes. Um, and what you saw in the movie is you also have the ability to slit your own throat. And bite things. And bite things. Um, well, I guess... Uh, Parts two and three of the centipede would also, because their, their hands are free and their necks are open. That's true. If, That's if true. they were able to grab some glass, they could have done the same That's thing. That's true. Um, so I thought about this, and my initial reaction, I think, like most people's, is to be at the front. But yeah. the more I thought about it, so the only person that can hypothetically, which is like we kind of talked about before, the only person that could kind of hypothetically survive this part of the centipede, like centipede for more than a few days is the person in front. The other members of the centipede would die from nutritional deficiencies like pretty quickly yeah. because poop has no nutritional value once it exits the body. Unless you're a dog. Yeah. I don't want to live that long attached <laughs> to people. So I think I might put myself in the back. Okay. I don't think in their instance, they were not alive long enough or the, the last it was Jenny. Jenny wasn't even, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Jenny ate anything. No, she probably didn't. I think she just kind of died. She also had sepsis though. She had sepsis and just died. And I well and Lindsay, inf- uh, so she had an infection. Yeah, in and Lindsay in the middle was constipated. The doctor did say that. That's true. The front so, guy was healthy. So Lindsay did not poop, which means Jenny was not getting any food. No, so Jenny just died, and I would, if being in that position, I just kind of want to die. Yeah. So I might just be, I might just be at the end. Just kill me. Just put me in the position that kills me the quickest. <laughs> okay. What do you think Palmer would do? The Palmer's being in the front. Yeah, obviously. He's a fucking bougie bitch. He would also ask for a cell phone, not so that he could make phone calls, but so that he could post memes to Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. Yeah, yes. Uh, he just take pictures. Palmer's absolutely going in front. Yeah. The loud, the most outspoken, <laughs> loudmouthed of the three of us. Yeah. Definitely in the front. Yeah. Um, all right. So that said, if it was you, me, and Palmer... What is our order? Mm. What is the order that it would be or what is the order that I would want it to be? Uh, let's do want it to be and we'll leave the would be up to our listeners. Oh, the, that's a, a good one. Poll. Okay. Um, I, uh, this is so hard because they didn't know each other, right? Well, I mean, the two girls did. The two but, girls did. Um, okay, so I definitely don't want to be in the middle. I'm going to put... It's like in the case of the movie, I imagine the girls would at least want to be connected. Yeah. They'd probably be more comfortable with that than like one being in the front, one being in the back, and some random person in the middle. I don't want to put my mouth on any of your guys' butts. I don't blame you. So I guess I want to go in front. I've I don't. S- I've seen my butt. <laughs> I guess I'll go in the front. Okay. Who goes behind you, me or Palmer? <laughs> I need to think about this. And, and I like a reason for my... <laughs> so like for me and Palmer, I assume it's pretty much the same answer. If it's me, I'm in the front. Okay. Palmer's in the back and you're in the middle. Okay. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Why do I have to be in the middle? Because I don't want Palmer's mouth <laughs> attached to my asshole. 
Okay, fair. The flip um, side to that, though, and this this is for argument's sake, is the flip side to that is I could imagine that I would want Palmer's asshole or face attached to my asshole just out of sheer punishment and embarrassment for Palmer. Yeah. But then you're relegated to being stuck to Palmer. I'm in the back. Yeah. Which puts you in your spot. I do. I do. Wouldn't mind being. I wouldn't mind being in the back. I don't. I mean, fuck. (laughs) I want to be the dirty truck driver who doesn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't blame you. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm going in the front. We've been friends longer, so you can pick your choice. Do you want to be? Do I want to die? I'll put you in the end. Or do I? Do I want to die but be connected to Palmer? Do I want to live a little bit longer and be connected to you and be in the middle? See that? That's where this gets tough. Yeah, it's like drawing sticks. It is like drawing. I think you just don't want to be in the middle. It's also, (sighs) as he said, it's the most painful position. Also, yeah, and uh, your mouth is getting attached to somebody's asshole. Regardless, yeah. So at, at a certain point, like if if you're if you're just connected to somebody's asshole for you know days yeah and at that point does it really matter who do all is? assholes just blend together at that point yeah at a certain point i just imagine a butthole's a butthole and you're really like just attached to their like digestive tract you know what i mean it's not like yeah because he peels back their like yeah and shit. yeah 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 uh yeah you know i'm i think i'm with you put me at the end yeah let just, me die yeah all right i'll put you at the end just, then. I'll, I'll i will be dead weight uh, much like Palmer is tonight as we're carrying him through this episode. I was going to say. Um, Palmer's going to get stuck in the middle for both of us. I'm going to put him in the middle so he can take my shit yeah. for one more day. Yeah. <laughs> take that, Palmer. Take that, Palmer, you piece of shit. <laughs> well, that, uh, you, do you have anything left to talk about with this fucking... This fucking movie. This fucking movie. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. <laughs> I... I... <laughs> Props to us. <laughs> we made it. We made it. So uh, thanks to, not even props to us, props to our listeners that might not have seen this movie and maybe never wanted to. No. Maybe, maybe they knew about it and they just steered clear of it, but they're, yet here they are listening to us anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we going to rate this out of? Mm, Siamese anuses. Siamese anuses. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this, this is where it gets uh, real... And real dirty. I'm going to give this a one and a half. Okay. I am going to give this a three. Wow. All right. <laughs> I am a fan of this movie. It It is. So. And I think that. Have you seen this more recently than. Yes. Okay. When it was on Netflix for a while. This was on Netflix? I think so. Color me impressed. It was either Netflix or Shutter. It was on one of the. Excuse me. One of the places that I pay for. And so I watched it a bunch. Not okay. a bunch, but a couple times. I'm. What do you think Palmer would rate this? Um, I think that Palmer would give this a 2.5. Okay. So we're going to give it a 2.5. A 3 and a 1.5. And out of Siamese buttholes, that gives us a 2.0. Oh. Six, 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 six. That would be more appropriate for a movie of this caliber. But instead, it's a 2.3333333. Oh, well, whatever. Oh, well. <laughs> Seems like a reasonable score puts us in line with Google users. <laughs> <laughs> I love to be with the Google users. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I guess housekeeping stuff, which Palmer usually does. None of us pay attention to that. Uh, so like, listen, subscribe, do all that stuff. Yeah. Whatever platform you listen to us on, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff. We're everywhere. We're just, all there. Just do it. 
Uh, Facebook, you can find us, Terry and Podnito. Uh, We're Terry and Podnito for pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, you know our name. Look for us on whatever platform you're looking for us at. If you want to email us, we're Cass at Terry and Podnito. Please write in. Tell us how much better this episode was without Palmer. Oh my gosh, because he sucks. Yeah, and tell us where you think what you think our human centipede order should be. Our Terror in Podnito. Peed. Peed. Yes. What is <laughs> what is our Terror in Podnito peed? Uh, and we'll, if we remember, we'll put up a poll for it. Uh, as always, Alex, where can people find you? Oh, uh, I am at a looters. Yeah, everywhere. Um, on Twitter, I'm Amvoy. There you go. All right. What about you, Sam? I'm at Sam Hebes. Sometimes Sam on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. I, I have an Instagram, but I don't know what it is. Uh, you, you can find him on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. I've actually started posting again, mostly in response to uh, the nonsense going on in places like Alabama uh, for a different show and a different episode. Anyway. <laughs> That's when we start our political podcast. Yeah. Anyway, as always. As always, keep it creepy. Thank you.